What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked On 49ers live post game rapid react show after uh, that was a thriller. 49ers going to Cincinnati, beating the Bengals in overtime 26 23. Our takeaways from this game key players, key plays, and of course, we'll give out some game balls. And if you're hanging out live, stick around. We're going to get into the chat live on the YouTube channel. 49ers post game rapid react coming at you right now you are locked on 49ers your daily san francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome to locked on 49ers brian peacock and eric crocker with you uh that was a fun game 49ers victorious crocker a little extra jacked up because he won a little cash along with it if you were here last night for the, the live pregame show, you know, he went about 500 on it. Uh, he said it was a lock. Uh, I doubted it for a while when he said it. I doubted it for a while late in this football game. I doubted it a little bit early in the middle. I was pretty confident. Um, the 49ers had the lead until a field goal in overtime, and they would come back and win it. It was fantastic. Croc, how you feeling right about now? What are you sipping on victoriously in that chalice of yours over there? got a little rosé little little wine it's not rosé i actually don't even know what kind of wine it is but it says congrats on the on the uh on the glass congrats there it goes right there so uh what says congrats grad uh, we're not graduating from anything but well maybe the 49ers graduating to above 500 let's yeah, go graduating to a winning team graduating to 7 and 6 now on the 2021 season in control of that 6 seed in the NFC playoff picture a fantastic win a huge win for the 49ers their odds jump up into the high 70 percentile range now and probably even more depending on how some other games went knowing that Washington lost that's a big one uh for the 49ers to help them out uh, as they look to make the playoffs. So it's probably more like 80% range for the 49ers making it into the playoffs right now. Um, there's a ton to take away from this game. Number one, to me, I think we've got to start with the the quarterback, right? And the 49ers offense, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing 41 times. If you told me before the game, 41 throws from Jimmy G, that would probably not be an ideal game script. But the running game wasn't going to be there for him in this game. And they had to go to the air. And it had to be Jimmy G that would win it. Um, and, and I think we've got to really start at the end with those last two drives. And that's why we dubbed him Jimmy W on the podcast. He does enough to win football games. He he did hit Jesse Bates right between the three and the zero uh, at the end of regulation. He did not catch that pass. It was not intercepted. Uh, Jimmy G and the 49ers drove down on offense, gave Robbie Gold a chance to win it in regulation. He missed that kick after a field goal by the Cincinnati Bengals. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense hit the field again. Uh, numerous big plays by George Kittle down the stretch and capped it off with a touchdown to Brandon Ayuk going Superman over the pylon to win the football game 26-23. Um, what, what was your big takeaway, Croc, with Jimmy G? How did he play to you in this game? And uh, did you... Did you like the way the 49ers, I mean, of course you had to like the way they finished it, right? With uh, with big catches and um, 
I thought Kyle dialed up a lot of great plays there, especially in overtime. That drive was just fantastic. And there was the big catch from Kittle in regulation. There was another big tuck couple of plays in overtime for George Kittle. The big catch from Juwan Jennings, a big boy catch with the man draped all, all over him, which was huge to move the chains after a sack of Jimmy Garoppolo in overtime. But Jimmy's up to the challenge, right? He made enough throws to win this football game. And he maybe he got some people off his back. Who knows? Yeah, and, and that's... I thought Jimmy was Jimmy, and I think we saw both sides of Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw good Jimmy. We saw bad Jimmy. And early on, I definitely was frustrated with some of the things that were going on with how he was playing. Uh, I didn't think that he was really doing anything to legitimately contribute to a win. And the 49ers, they were like 0 for 6 or 0 for 7 in the first half on third down. Uh, so he wasn't winning on the money drive uh, on the money down. Uh, the 49ers needed two muffed fumbles to really stay in that first half and, and kind of stay ahead. And I was just like, this is a skittish first half. That's what it looked like. I'm like, man, I'm so glad the, the Bengals had that weird, uh, you know, taunting penalty and, and 49ers were able to capitalize on that. And, and some other things, because the first half, it, it looked like, it looked like Trey Lance was playing, right? It was, it was, there was no like rhythm or flow to the offense, but second half they came out. I, I saw the flow. I said, okay, there we go, Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's keep that going. Obviously, that first drive ended up, you know, resulting in a field goal. And I was looking at it like, I think that needed to be a touchdown. But, you know, 49ers obviously let uh, Cincy come back. And I thought Jimmy Garoppolo, man, down the stretch, he he did some – I think we saw both sides of him. Like, some of the things that we worry about with him. But the other thing where it's like, okay, this is why he gives you the best chance to win right now. He was tough as nails down the stretch. Some of the passes weren't the most accurate, but he put the ball in areas where guys can make plays, did a good job, and just really executed down the stretch. Over time, awesome. Did a really good job with some of those throws, key downs. I believe there was one third down play. Good job, Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I appreciate that type of win, and I gave him a ball, a game ball last week for something similar to this, but obviously it didn't result in a, uh, in a game-winning touchdown. I'm glad this time it did. That was a good job by Jimmy Garoppolo down the stretch. Let's go. The chat is lit up already. Don't forget, everybody, to hit the subscribe button. We will jump into the chat after uh, the regular pod is over and we give out our game balls. Jimmy Garoppolo finished 27-41 passing, 296 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked five times for 41 yards, zero interceptions. I, I'm not going to lie. I see somebody in the, in, in the chat. They're saying Jimmy Garoppolo was so bad, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like That first half, I was just like, I, I, was, I was this close to losing my composure. <laughs> and saying, like, this this dude just sucks. Like, you know what I'm saying? He just sucks. But glad second half, he rebounded well. And it, I mean, it, it, this is Jimmy Garoppolo. This is just who he is. And yeah. as frustrating as the first half was, the second half was, there was moments where it was frustrating. I'm like, Jimmy, we, we just need you. Please just make a play, bro. Make a play. Please make a play. And in overtime, I think he did an awesome job making a few plays. He made a few throws, and even in the first half, there was some bad along with some good. I liked seeing him try to chuck it deep, the play to Travis Benjamin. Uh, people were killing him for that. Yeah, it was underthrown a little bit. The ball hung up a little bit. But Can dude, I talk about that? Hey, 
finally chucking the ball down the field. Absolutely. I want to get your take on that throw because I didn't have a problem with it. He underthrew it a little bit. The ball ended up hitting Travis Benjamin in the chest. Um, you know, so it, maybe it wasn't a perfect throw, but it was also a drop. So help your quarterback out. Maybe a better throw. It could have been a better catch attempt. He, you know, he's not the big guy. He's not going to go post up necessarily, but um, I love it. I, it. Most of the time, only good things can happen on throws like that. Even if you throw a little bit short, we've seen that so many times with opposing quarterbacks throwing it up short on the 49ers defense. You get uh, either a completed pass or uh, because your receivers got eyes on the ball the defender doesn't you get a lot of pis that happen that yeah. way too so uh, people were crushing him for that throw i didn't really have a problem with it i i like the attempt right and it, there was a time like this and if you guys remember back to training camp jimmy garoppolo threw an interception downfield and the one thing i said was and people killed me for it i was like you know what i just like the fact that he threw the ball downfield and attempted the deep ball throw because he's reluctant to do so so him throwing that ball Awesome. You attempted it. It was underthrown. Okay. You don't have a big arm. Now, a couple things here. One, if you don't have a big arm, you have to throw it earlier because Travis Benjamin was behind the defender. So, okay, we got to see it. We got to throw it. You got to get it out there early. And if he does that, he probably hits him in stride and maybe it's a touchdown, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's mind works touchdown check down. So that probably was the third read or so. Then by the time he sees it, he's like, wow, he's behind the second secondary by five yards. Let me throw it out there. But he just doesn't have that type of arm. I'm not, I'm not going to kill him over the throw because I know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's not that big arm quarterback. But I would just say, please, Jimmy, I, would, I, I wish you would see it earlier so you can make it a lot easier on yourself because of who you are. But I like the attempt. Right. He throws the exact same ball if he throws it just a couple steps earlier, a split second earlier. And I don't I never really saw they kept, you know, a, a lot of times in games, it's frustrating because they keep showing the slow mo replay of the very end yeah. of the play. I want to see the whole thing develop. I want to go back to the all 22. Maybe there was a reason he couldn't throw exactly uh, the time you think he might maybe should have earlier on in the down. So those are some of the things I really want to see. Uh, I see a lot of people in the chat talking about the defensive backs and Ambry Thomas, the job he did as a rookie, uh, the most snaps he's had in two years. So um, we will get to some of that stuff. We're going to get to a ton more here from this 49ers game. Uh, just such a huge win, such a fun win. I think this is some of the most fun I've had. You know, overtime victories are always a great time, especially going down with the first team kicking a field goal. You know you have to go down, drive down, score a touchdown. Jimmy W. and the San Francisco 49ers did just that to win this one and improve to 7-6 and six on the season. Everybody watching live on YouTube, shout out to you. I see so many people in here already and chatting it up. We will hit you in the... <laughs> RE20, that's right. Uh, we will hit you in the chat as soon as the podcast is over and we give out those game balls, which are coming up very shortly. But first, I want to let the listeners out there know about Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. I'm doing that dance today in this very seat in this house today. Uh, another device that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for some other special good stuff on the side, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together, and it's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream 
You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And get your streaming set up ready to watch those 49ers in the playoffs in January. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, Croc. Uh, we, we, we talked a lot about Jimmy G. I want to go really quick before we forget to the quarterback on the other side and Jaburo and how he played in this game because he's an impressive quarterback. Uh, I got a little bit worried when he made that escape artist play uh, at the end of the game and he got out of the pocket and then made a throw and then Ambry Thomas Stop. goes down and it's like, man, is the dam going to break after all of this are the, are, and all the mistakes that the Cincinnati Bengals made and they never held a lead the entire game. Are they going to come back and win this game in overtime? But no, uh, it wasn't to be. What'd you think about Joe Burrow? His numbers look a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo's 25 of 34 passing 348 yards and two touchdowns. But a lot of that is because he was throwing for comeback mode, right? Yeah, I thought the 49ers, you know, just in general, did a really good job of playing more of a too high shell. Now, obviously in the second half, the Bengals said, all right, if you guys are going to keep doing this too high shell, we're going to start doing some too high beaters. And I thought they did a really good job of that. And Joe Burrow, you talked about his performance. He did a really good job of just executing whatever it is and seeing the field the right way. They started kind of stretching the safeties out, throwing over the middle of the field. That's where the void is typically in the cover two defense, especially if the middle linebacker doesn't get enough depth. So we, you saw them start to kind of eat in that area. I thought overall, though, as far as the, the big vertical shots down the field, which – if you watch some of the replays, you see they wanted to do that. 49ers are kind of taking it away with wide safeties. The game plan originally was was good, but I think it was just – it was tough on Domingo Ryan to continue to play that style of defense like in the entire game. But Joe Burrow did a good job, and you talked about the escapability in the play, and that's what I'm talking about, right? And again, Jimmy Garoppolo, awesome. Jimmy won the game, right? Jimmy outdueled Joe Burrow. But when you look at, you know, some of the things that you want your quarterback to be able to do and kind of that escapability on a fourth down where you need your guy, like, I need you to make a play. Not, not a screen and I throw behind the line scrimmage and, and I runs and dives into the end zone. Like, I need you to make a play. It's fourth down. Really, the game is on the line. And Joe Burrow did that and really gave his team an opportunity to not, not only, you know, tie the game up, but almost, you know, giving them an opportunity to win the game. Unfortunately for them, 49ers have uh, Nick Bosa on the other side. Oh, Nick Bosa was huge in this game. I have a feeling his name is going to come up in these game balls. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really fun to watch that chess match, especially to start the game. And it wasn't a shock to us. We talked about this in the pregame, the lead up, and the keys to victory, what the 49ers were going to have to do and try to protect their cornerbacks. And they were going to run a lot of too high. And that's what they were doing early. And that leaves you susceptible over the middle of the field. And you've got a lighter box in those cases. And it really puts a lot of pressure on Fred Warner and Aziz Alshair, who did really well at linebacker. And then you would see the 49ers Niners sneak down a safety. Then you would see Burrow go to Higgins and make a big play. And then uh, they put the safeties back and have two safeties. And then you see more Boyd, more Joe Mixon. But they, the Niners front did really good. That front seven was awesome and allowed the 49ers to be able to play that shell and play two deep safeties. And then, you know, uh, occasionally D'Amico Ryans would try some other things. And it was just a really fun chess match with D'Amico Ryans and the 49ers defense against Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and uh, that Cincinnati Bengals offense. And they were really doing a number on them, especially in the first half, only six points, two field goals in the first half of the game. Uh, they came back strong in the fourth quarter with a couple of touchdowns there, but partially is because the 49ers weren't really moving the ball and they kept giving it back to the Bengals. Um, and of course, look, it shouldn't be that close. The, the 49ers should have right. been able to 
put their foot on the gas pedal in the second half with a 17 to six lead and go win the football game. Only three points after all the turnover, like the Bengals did everything they could early with all the drop punts. And like, I don't know what was on the football, but nobody could hold on to it. There was the play where Jimmy Garoppolo just like dropped the ball. Uh, like there, there was, to it because nobody could hold on to the ball in this game especially the Bengals. and uh if it wasn't for that this outcome would be much different and it was a lot like what we saw from the 49ers last week whatever that bizarre turnover stuff that was happening to the Niners last week it happened to the Bengals, thankfully for the 49ers this week so the Niners are on the good side of that look of the uh the turnover thing yeah you know you talked about the 49ers especially in the second half and not really scoring the points and the thing that really was kind of going through my head especially in the fourth quarter when I kind of realized how the game was playing out and it reminded me of the Super Bowl that's where my mind flashed back where it's like we, we just need we need that that one drive we need that one score just give us that one drive that one first down that one score and it was tough with the 49ers not really getting that in regulation you know and again I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo on that because it's like I, I didn't need you to make a play I get it Saw some of the times the offensive line broke down. Needs you to make a play. Broke down on Joe Burrow several times as well. Can you make that play? And unfortunately, regulation didn't. Now, obviously, in the overtime, they did, you know, cut the field goal for a nice drove down, scored a touchdown. But those are some things that just kind of, you know, worry me in the big grand scheme of things with how the 49ers are kind of constructed offensively. They, they hit these lows, and at sometimes, it's, you know, you got to play above the X's and O's, and you just need your guy to make a play. Good job by, you know, guys like George Kittle, uh, Juwan Jennings, and, you know, Brandon Ayuk. I, I think they did a little bit more above the X's and O's to really go out there and, and contribute to getting the W. Okay, something that we've seen in the chat already here on YouTube and uh, definitely something I want to get your thoughts on before we give out our game balls is that 49ers secondary and the rookie Ambry yeah. Thomas making the start out there and, and getting more snaps he's had since, uh, what, two years ago at Michigan, right? Yeah. And – um, I'm sure that was a lot for him. And he looked pretty exhausted at the end of the game and, and he didn't f- even get to finish out overtime. D'Amador Lenore got in there a little bit. They obviously gave him a lot of help in this game. He did get beat, but how'd you feel about him overall? And, and break down for me a couple of things. There's two things I want to ask you about. One was um, the the touchdown that was overturned, the non-touchdown right. to Chase, where he got that late separation, gave a little push off there. Uh, I, th- I thought that was just an amazing route by Jamar Chase. And then... Uh, the two hands to the face penalties. Like when you're, let's start there. When you're coaching a young defensive back, uh, the first one I thought was pretty incidental. I thought he was trying to get him up on the shoulder pad and he kind of just caught the, the face mask a little bit. But the second one, he was like aiming way too high and got him in the face a lot. So technique wise, what are you looking at there? Where, where, where's the aim point when you're trying to jam somebody? You know, I think ideally you'd say, hey, you know, get your hands down. But a lot of times you just shoot straight, right? Like if I if I go to press, my hand is, is, is straight. Now the receivers are kind of bending down. Maybe they're kind of dipped that shoulder to get skinny so you can't get a, a hand on. And while they're doing that, if you do get a hand on but it slips up, it can hit the face mask. So it's something that can just happen. And it's crazy because you don't really see it happen much. Unfortunately for Henry Thomas, it happened twice in one game. And I bet that's something you might not ever see that him do that Again, for like the rest of his career, but in his first start, it happened twice. I, I don't know if there's anything you could do to like just coach it up, but you, you know, just put more of an emphasis on, hey, just keep it down, just aim for that shoulder, because that's really what you you want to hit the shoulder. But in the midst of hitting the shoulder, that hand can slide up to the face mask. And take me through the non-touchdown to Jamar Chase, where he got yeah. beat on the right sideline, and it was sort of a slow played route from Chase, and then that late separation gives him a little push off and just bolts into the yeah. end zone. It so was a pretty route. What do you do as a DB to, to try to counteract that? 
So we call that a chicken wing. And, and one thing about uh, Jamar Chase, he, he's extremely good with changing pace. And he's really strong at the catch point. So a lot of times what Jamar does, first let's talk about Ambry Thomas on here. You know, I just got done coaching seven on seven. So I'm watching the game the whole time. It's like I have like this thing hanging from my mirror. I got the game on. I'm driving home. I'm watching the whole game from there. Careful, I'm glad I careful, yeah, I'm glad I made it home. I know. I'm glad I made it home. But, you know, I'm watching it. And I look at Ambry Thomas, and he's kind of opened up. So he's ready to run, and then he turns and runs out. But he doesn't keep his speed. So you, you got to keep your speed to get up on top of that hip. Now, how do you do that? You got to kind of practice it. And I told my seven-on-seven seven kids today, crazy, I just went over that with them where I'm like, hey, when we backpedal out and we turn and run, we have to put an emphasis on keeping your speed as you turn and run. And it's tough, but you got to practice it. So Embry Thomas did it, and I thought he didn't do a good enough job of keeping his speed. Now, maybe he's reading Jamar Chase down because Jamar Chase, it's not like he was like digging really hard and it's like, oh, he's going to run by you. It's kind of like a – an easy pace, so every time it's kind of like, okay, okay, read him down. Is it going to be a comeback? No, he's actually going vertically. So he gets to him, but Jamar Chase, he's amazing at this. He he used the chicken wing. That's what we call that, right? So it's not like a full-on extension, as far as what I saw driving, but it wasn't like a full-on extension. He just kind of uses his strength a little bit to give you like just enough to throw you off, and he does an amazing job of exploding out of that. And he did it, if you guys remember, LSU uh, versus Clemson national championship where he got AJ Terrell downfield and you're looking at AJ Terrell and it's like, man, he's in great position. What happened? How did he get knocked off balance? Well, Jamar Chase is really good at once he's there, gives that chicken wing and then he really accelerates out of that. He, he does an amazing job doing it. So kudos to Jamar Chase. That's a veteran move. Good job. It's just, you know, unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to come down with that catch. Yeah. That was more of a good the route. is different. Now the sluggo, the sluggo for Amber Thomas, when he when he he did a good job of not really o like overplaying the sluggo. That's a tough uh, that's a tough route to guard and man coverage. But he did a good job of okay here here. But if you guys watch the replay, terrible eyes. What he do the whole time he's looking back. Can't you run fast? Told my kids this today. You run faster looking straight ahead than you do looking back. So when you do have a guy that does a sluggo, I gotta run. Check, get him right. If uh, one of my coaches say, if there's space, you chase. So I gotta, I gotta chase the space, get to the receiver, and then look back. He looked back at the quarterback the whole time. That's why he was never able to close that gap. So that's what happened on that play. So you're trying to feel the receiver more than look at the receiver. Once you, you got it, you got. If you can't, if you can't feel him, then you can't look back. You got to work to play through the hands. Now a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, you play through the hands. Okay, whatever. Or he didn't look back. You got to get to the, you got to get it to the receiver first, and then you can look back. Now, if you feel like you're getting to the receiver late, then you got to play through the hands. It's such a savvy. Uh, going back to the first deep route by Jamar Chase, it's just such a savvy move because they're just not going to call it unless you extend your arm. And even offensive players extending their arm sometimes it doesn't get called. You give them a little chicken wing, you don't extend the arm, you're going to get away with that almost all the time. So savvy, I don't think it should be a flag necessarily. Uh, and I don't think and there's a lot of people that wanted a flag. I don't think you're ever going to see a flag on that. And that's why it's, it's such a great move. Strong move at the top of the route, and that's where Jamar Chase is typically going to win. A lot of drops, though, for Jamar Chase, too. So that's uh, that's another story. He had a bad one last week. He had a couple more. And this one, he dropped that touchdown pass, even though it was dropped right in the bucket for him. Uh, real quick on Ambry Thomas, just mm -hmm. one more thing. Yeah. Ambry Thomas, and I talked about this yesterday. Somebody was saying, oh, a lot of zone for the 49ers. And I tweeted this out. Ambry Thomas is not a zone corner. 
That's not really what he did at Michigan. 95% of the time, they lined him up and press. He was a press man guy. 49ers, even on both of those, the touchdown and the would-be touchdown, where was he? That's off coverage. That's not Ambry Thomas' strength. He's a press man, in-your-face guy, and he gets physical at the line of scrimmage, and he turns around with guys. The 49ers played, from what I saw, mostly zone. Like, I'd say 90% zone with him off. A lot of cover, too, where he's still a little unfamiliar with, you know, where his eyes have to be and squeezing certain routes and sinking under other routes. If one goes away or two goes away, how much can he sink under the next route? It looked like he struggled a little bit with that. That, that, that That's not where Embry Thomas – a little lost in coverage because that's not his thing. You keep saying it, Croc, and I'm going to give you a chance right now uh, before we get to the game balls to say it again. The Niners defensive backs, don't worry about it. It's not going to be a problem, right? Even with the rookie out there. And like You thought it might be a problem. It ended up being okay. And and, uh, and, and what was your grade on Ambry Thomas, too? I want to hear that. I, I'd give him a C. Now, again, you don't want to see those things, but just that's not what is hard. Because going into it, if you if you would have told me before the game that the 49ers are going to play 90% zone and have him off, I would tell you that's a recipe for disaster for Ambry Thomas. That's not where he's good at. You know, now they did it, and, you know, it was the, 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 co- the coordinator protecting the guys on the outside. It You know, I give him a C. But, you know, I, I didn't really see a whole lot that I want to see from, from the young corner. I want to see him get up in guys, be physical, be aggressive at the line scrimmage, play man coverage, and make guys work to beat you. I, I, I didn't see that. I thought he did all right, as well as you could expect. Um, I think there's a lot of folks that are still, you know, look, we're going to draft the corner in the second round or whatever like that, and I understand where you're at with that. Uh, it's not an ideal situation right now in the secondary, but I thought the defensive line did a ton to help him out, and it turned out to be okay. Not ideal, but it was okay, and the 49ers came out of there with a really tough assignment for those defensive backs, especially the corners. So more on the defense, more on some offensive players we haven't talked about yet. Let's give out some game balls next, and Jordan here says, wait, you got to start over. I'm here now. Just hold on, Jordan. Uh, we're gonna be you're gonna be able to find the full podcast on the audio platforms tomorrow morning, and we're gonna stick around and and chat with you as well after uh, the podcast is over. After we give out those game balls next this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Let's be honest, Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in 100% real and delicious chocolate but amazingly low in calories low in sugar low in net carbs and low in fat and high in protein so it keeps you satisfied you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy and yeah some new holiday flavors out there like eggnog built bars which i can't wait to get me a box of those so many other of the regular flavors as well raspberry peanut butter brownie cookies and cream all have you know somewhere around 140 calories and 17 grams of protein and yes low in sugar uh, they're good for you, and uh, they're exactly what you need if you need a little bit of extra fuel. You need to bust down those mall doors if you're doing some last-minute shopping. Throw one in your jacket. Throw one in your purse. Throw one in your car. If you skip lunch, you need a, uh, a bar to get you through between breakfast and lunch, or uh, you need a power lunch on your way to a meeting. Whatever you're doing, a built Bar can satisfy you, and you'll feel good eating one. So go to built.com. 
Use promo code LOCK15. You will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. I hope you all were smart enough to take crime, throw down about five bills on the 49ers this week. Never in doubt. And Bet Online has those lines for you. You can make cash like Crocky at betonline.ag. They have you covered for more props, more odds, and more lines this season, as much or as many as ever before, as football season continues to the march to the playoffs. And it's looking more and more like hopefully you'll be able to bet on those 49ers in January during the playoffs as well. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or web or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On. Not only football, you've got pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, blackjack, poker. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Crocky, it's time. It's game ball time. I've seen a lot of nominations in the chat. I'm going to let you go first, Crocky. Is, is there one name you want to throw out there above all to give the first game ball after this 26-23 win for the 49ers in Cincinnati? I'm going to start with Jimmy Garoppolo because yeah. he started so bad. I know some people unsubscribed from the channel last time because I gave him the game ball. He came through. I got my guy Raymond. Shout out to my guy Raymond. I see the DMs. I was driving. I couldn't respond. But, you know, Raymond was like, I've seen enough of this Jimmy Garoppolo show. Like, my guy Raymond from uh, Jersey. But... He, he came through when it mattered most. Again, it, it was ugly moments, and I've grown to accept the ugly moments because that's just who Jimmy is. But there were just enough good moments to be able to pull off the victory. So shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he gets the first game ball. I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. There's one more guy who's going to get one on offense that we know for sure, maybe more. There's no rules, Croc. We can give out as many game right. balls as you want here on Locked On 49ers. Um but I'm going to go across to Nick Bosa, who currently it says under his box score, two sacks. I think he should have a third sack because Al Shire, as good as he was, he's gotten, he got a game ball for us last week. He was awesome. Uh, he was everywhere in the first half. He didn't have as many stats in the second half, but he filled up the stat sheet in the first half. They gave him credit for a sack on that play where Joe Burrow on third down was chased out of bounds and it was a negative gain. So that gets a sack. Somebody gets a sack for that. And he was credited with the sack, but he was in front of Joe Burrow. He was like in coverage, and it should go to the closest guy. The guy who made the play was Nick Bosa on his pass rush, his in-to-out pass rush, and chased him toward the sideline. I think when they go back, they might alter that, and Nick Bosa actually got three sacks in this game. That's how I think it should go. I don't know the exact rules, but um, Al Shire, I don't think, was the closest guy to the ball, but maybe he was the one that was downfield keeping him from running forward. So maybe that's how he gets the sack on that. It wasn't really a true sack. But anyway, Nick Bosa was awesome. Uh, he was his dominant self and really came up big too at the end of the game and, and made some big plays and sacked his old buddy Joe Burrow from Ohio State. And uh, that 49ers defensive line made a huge difference in this football game. And really, you could give a game ball to the entire front seven probably because they were tasked with stopping Joe Mixon, stopping the run, covering the middle of the field while the Niners ran that too deep shell. And they were they were awesome. So next game ball. Obviously, and I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. Got George Kittle, man. Dude's a warrior. Another huge, huge game. You know, another like, you know, you see the, see what he did last week. The performance he had, you know, having 180 receiving yards. 49ers aren't really utilizing Debo Samuel 
as you know the legit pass catcher that he we know he is not really seeing the targets right now. So I know the defense is like, man, we gotta take away one guy, it's George Kittle. And they can't do it. He figures out how to make plays. He did an awesome job of making that diving catch down the left sideline. Man, that was such an amazing catch. Great job being able to reel that in. Ball was kind of high, didn't matter. All right. Uh, the one down the sideline, if the guy didn't pull one arm away, shout out to, I think it was Von Bill, pulled one arm away, but he kept it tucked in. George Kittle had to actually try to catch the ball with one hand, so it was good defense, but I felt like, man, if he would have had the other hand, that would have been a catch. Big, big, big game from George Kittle, a guy who you know that's the guy you can't let get off. He gets off anyways. Amazing job by him. That's my second game ball. Oh, that's a good one. George Kittle just balling out in this game. 13 catches on 15 targets, which is what I want to see. You got to target that guy double digits every single game, Kyle. Uh, he got away from that earlier on in the season. There was a lot of Debo. And look, keep getting Debo involved. We'll talk a little bit about that. But um, 13 catches, 151 for George Kittle, the touchdown. Probably Jimmy's best throw of the day was that incompletion where Von Bell got Kittle's arm. I mean, he dropped that in the bucket, and that was a deep throw. That was a downfield throw. So I love seeing that throw. Um, Kittle could not bring that in, but he's been amazing the last two weeks. We're talking about, what, 21 catches for 320 yards or something with three touchdowns, yeah. right? The last two weeks? I mean, yeah. that is crazy. Superstar stuff from George Kittle going up to get that ball. Uh, in, uh, in at the end of regulation, that was uh, one of the best catches of this game. So absolutely, no doubt. Somebody in the chat said, give him three game balls. George Kittle is uh, yeah, the, one of the warrior. easiest balls this season to give him one. He was, a, he was a superstar in this football game. Can we talk about Debo? Gutting through it. Even last night, I was surprised to see late night because we had that little pregame show and to see Schefter's tweet that Debo is going to play in this game. And I thought, wow, yeah. okay. Really, Debo's going to give it a go, and he's going to play. And his usage wasn't as uh, probably as prolific as it would have been if he wasn't hurt. I thought maybe Kyle was going to say, I don't care if he's in there. He, we saw it with um, with Elijah Mitchell a couple weeks ago. He was like, oh, are you hurt? Here's 27 carries. I thought he might do that with, with <laughs> Debo Samuel. But Debo Samuel, again, more running back than receiver. He had one target, one catch for 22 yards at receiver. He had eight carries for 37 yards, including uh, another just like magical touchdown. I don't know how he always gets the corner, but man, uh, it was a nice boost for the 49ers to have him back and have that option. Maybe he was a little bit more decoy than actual number one option for the offense, but it was okay just to have him out there and have his ability, have that big touchdown run, and then be able to go to Ayuk and be able to go to Kittle off of that uh, was huge because you, you knew they weren't going to lean on Jeff Wilson like they have in the past with some other running backs, so that was fantastic to see. And um, He's just a difference maker. Get the ball in his stinking hands and, and let him go, and I just don't know how he gets the corner every time, but he does. And Part of it is Kyle Shanahan's wizardry with um, getting extra blockers out there. Do do you think that they maybe used him a little too much in the run game? Because that, that's the one thing where we're, we're trying to limit the plays that will potentially get him hurt. And running backs, we've talked about it. It's not even a matter of if they're going to get hurt. It's a matter of when, just because the pounding that they take down there, boss, uh, just the pounding from the big guys, uh, you know, just crashing, falling on them, all the things that kind of happen there. And Every time he they handed the ball off to him and he's going up the middle, that's the first thing that crossed my mind. I'm like, gosh, like I a lot of wear and tear there going down as opposed to him being a receiver, catching the ball in space, and maybe only getting tackled by one guy, a, a defensive back on the outside. Yeah, I mean, ideally you don't want to have to 
play Debo purely at running back. He's been a running back for like what five, six weeks now. You know, he's yeah. been a true running back and and much more running back than he has been receiver. Eight carries is more than I would like. I think in this scenario, it made some more sense just because you don't have much else at running back and you needed that dynamic option. But maybe you could have thrown Hasty in there a few times and maybe have more passing targets to Debo rather than those carries in the backfield and the one where he's like cutting it back into the meat of the defense. That does worry me a little bit. You don't want to see him get hit a lot. I, ideally, I think Debo's maybe carrying the ball three times a game and not eight, nine, ten times a game. Um, but yeah. Um, Right. He's just such a special guy, and I understand when you're there on Sundays and you're calling plays and you're Kyle Shanahan, that's your best option. Give the ball to Debo and right. let him do work. So it's kind of hard to say he shouldn't utilize him that way. Right, and, and that's tough. You want to just figure out different ways to get the ball in your one of your best players' hands. It's just that's a tough. That's a it's, it's a tough way. There's a lot of traffic mm-hmm. down there, and the, you know he's already kind of banged up. So we think Ayuk game ball for the game winner, the Superman over the pylon, six catches, 62 yards, 11 targets. That's definitely the most targets he's had in the game. Yeah. Right? Good good job. You know, 62 yards. I'd say he gets a game ball for the clutch play, you know, being able to keep his balance, scoring a touchdown. You never know what can happen if there's more plays, right? Maybe 49ers out at the two-yard line. There's a false start. Then there's a holding penalty. 49ers end up getting backed up. So, you know, just be, for him being able to, you know, be athletic enough to make that play and, and kind of tightrope the sideline, dive, and end the game there, awesome job. We could probably go all night and give a ton of different players game balls. If there's any more game balls you want to give out, let's do it. If not, we should probably wrap up the, the regular portion of this podcast and start to jump into the chat. Everyone stick around. We're going to chat with you, uh, see everybody fired up over there. Uh, this is a great one. I think we should hang out for a little bit. Even though I'm a little bit under the weather, a little sick, you can probably tell by the way I sound. Not 100%, but I'm a gamer just like Debo. Yeah, I'm going to be here for game day, and uh, you can give me 27 carries, and I'm going to handle it. Croc, you know how I do. I know how you do, man. The voice sounds good. It sounds <laughs> yeah. good. I feel a little bit under the weather, but we're, we're going to get through this, and we're going to jump into the chat now. Appreciate everybody that's on their live stick around everybody that's listening on the audio podcast love you too hope you're having a, a great morning a great victory monday on all of your podcast flat platforms and of course as we do croc and i will be back every single day thanks for making us your first listen right here locked on 49ers <laughs> 